will you do without freedom? Will you fight? Welcome to Leverage Addicts, the podcast for investors looking to maximize returns through leverage. Join host, seasoned mortgage professional and real estate enthusiast, Blandon Lerm, as we explore property investing strategies and learn how to navigate the market to build new wealth. What's going on, everybody? It's Blandon here from Mortgage HQ. I want to share with you six personal finance lessons that helped me along my financial or wealth building journey. And if you're looking to be better with your finance or just looking for a little bit more tips and tricks for your personal wealth building journey, this might be the video for you. Now, before I start, I want to make it clear that I'm not trying to say I'm a financial guru of any sort or try to say that I've made it. Instead, these are some of the things that I picked up along the journey that really helped me and just sharing my own experience. Now you see when I was 17, I actually dropped out of high school because I spent too much time on this game called World of Warcraft. They say I was lost in Azeroth. So I didn't go in uni, but then I decided to go art school and accumulated this student loan that was pretty big, but I didn't even end up finishing those studies as well. It took me a couple of years from there to sort of figure out myself and sort of what I really want. And I took the time to keep working on me. And with a bit of luck, I'm quite grateful that I was able to build this business with my business partner, Andrew, Mortgage HQ and Wealth HQ. And in the seven years that I started investing in properties, I was able to build a $10 million property portfolio. Without further ado, sit back, relax, and let's dive into those lessons. The first lesson is to paint a picture of your future. Mark Twain once said, without dreams and goals, there is no living, only merely existing. And that is not why we're here. One of the first jobs out of the university for me, I worked for one of the top performing insurance advisor in my city. And he was really big on goal setting. It's something that I adopted ever since. And the framework is something that I still use. It's called the be, do, have. For simplicity's sake, whatever result or possessions that you want to have, you can write that list down and you can go, these are the things that I desire. But what you really need to think about next is the action that you need to take in order for you to achieve those results. What would you need to do on a weekly basis that will contribute to your results monthly and then therefore quarterly, half yearly, annually? So thinking about those actions in step-by-step and hourly slots or like how you can prioritize your week, that's gonna help you get those results. But the most important thing are the values that will drive those outcomes and the behaviors and the habits that is required. And you want to plan it out because especially when you run into difficulty or adversity, you know how to face those situations. That's going to be your guiding principle. You need to think about who you want to be in order to have that life that you're wanting. What kind of character and traits you need to develop as a person. And this is the framework that I've been using for the last 10 years since I left university. I've been able to refine this into like a 14 day planner and it's just got a reflection question every day that I get my team and myself to fill out and my friends if they want to jump on the same plan. I made it as a downloadable in the description below. Now the second lesson that I had was focus on the habits and less on the outcome. James Clear, author of Atomic Habits, he said, Results are temporary, but habits become a part of who you are. This is actually a double down on the first lesson that I shared with you. It's all good to dream, but nothing will really happen until you create the correct habits that's going to create those outcomes that you want. Perhaps as a savings goal or for me, you know, I want to lose body fat. 
Sometimes we set these goals, but we don't get the result that we desire. And I have surely been there many, many times. And when I reflect objectively, it's usually because of me and not having the right habits that's going to create those outcomes. And the more often I can work on myself and reflect on those habits, the better results that I see myself driving. So I definitely recommend checking out the book Atomic Habits. The third lesson is high income don't always equate to high net worth. There's this thing called lifestyle inflation. This is a recurring theme that I've seen with a lot of people that I have worked with or talked to in the past, especially when they get a pay rise. They want to improve their living standards, which is understandable. But because of this, proportionally, the expense will increase as well. So even though they might be high earners, they might have a nice car, a nice house, but they might not have much assets on their balance sheet or assets that's going to allow them to have passive income in the future or assets that's going to just allow them to have those financial options and slow down on their jobs. Now, of course, I get it. You know, I have a family, I've got two young kids. We work hard for those promotions because we want a better lifestyle for ourselves and for them. And honestly, it is something I try really, really hard to avoid as well, just increasing my expense because my income has increased. So how I have approached this is that this is the goal I've set for myself. If I want to upgrade my home, I want to make sure that I have equivalent amount in investments before I upgrade my own occupied. Say, for example, if I live in a million dollar house, I want to make sure I have at least a million dollars of investments that I can sell so that at any given time, I can sell all my investments and pay off the mortgage on my own occupied. So if I want a $3 million home, I want to make sure I have three mil in equity in my investments. So so then I can have a mortgage-free home at any given time. On paper, it'll be mortgage-free, but I would never have no mortgage on my home because I believe having some leverage is going to give you greater investment outcomes. You'll be able to find another video in the description below that's going to explain that theory. The next lesson is spend less than you earn and pay yourself first. Now, it sounds very simple, but a lot of people don't actually do it. You don't actually have to spend more than you earn to be broke or poor, you only need to spend most of what you earn to be in that situation. So to spend less than you earn, you obviously have to pay attention to your income and expenses. I like a bit of Graham Stephan as well, but I don't think you need to live on 99 cents coffee and avoid avocado toast to become rich. Instead, I like to apply a simple income allocation theory. This is talked about a lot in the Barefoot Investor book. Now the percentage in each of the buckets I think are less relevant, but essentially you want to split your income and put it in different buckets. And there are four key areas that Barefoot Investor talks about. The first one is your day-to-day -day expense. The second one is your emergency, which once you have a sufficient emergency fund, you can then allocate more income into your investments. And then the other two areas is one, you definitely have to have a smile bucket, which is thinking about the future, like your holiday, cars, investing, another property. And then you've got the splurge bucket, which is allowing you to have some money just to play with. You know, you can just spend it on whatever you want. And I think that's really important. So the fifth lesson is you should reward yourself a bit. It kind of aligns with the last lesson as well, having that splurge bucket. And they say we should work to live, not live to work. I definitely did it the other way for a period in my life. I was all consumed with chasing work and it can really take a toll on us. That's exactly what happened to me. I was so focused on growing professionally, I didn't realize I was actually burning out. I was talking about retirement a lot. Oh man, I just want to like, 
like stop working. I just want to retire. And I realize is if you are really passionate about what you're doing, you won't say that. And I was passionate about what I was doing, but maybe I just didn't want to do it anymore. And I wasn't sure why until I met a mentor and he helped me to see that, you know, I just need to take a break. So I actually took a long trip to Europe. I really enjoyed it because there's so much rich history in those places. And it gave me complete new perspectives to life and many things that I was doing in the business as well. Not only did it help me recharge, it actually forced me to think how I can work smarter. And I was able to go again without thinking about retirement at all. And I'm really grateful that I can be in a position if I do want to retire, I can rearrange, reshuffle some of my assets and be able to have a more chill life. But here's the thing that's important to note. I made sure I'm spending money that I have and not on interest bearing debt. It's called reward for a reason. So you don't really want to spend it on something that's going to add more burden for you financially like buying a holiday on credit card or personal finance, that's definitely not something that I would recommend. So the sixth lesson is that you shouldn't stop learning and you probably already know this. And one of my favorite quote is from Nelson Mandela. He talks about how education can be one of the most powerful weapon that you can have because you can use it to transform the world. One of the most common questions that people have is like, hey, what should you invest in if you have $1,000 or $10,000? And if it was at the beginning of my journey, I would want 100% say on myself because things like books, courses, mentorship, events, those are the things that really give you leverage on how you can spend your time better. What taught me most about wealth building wasn't really a university. Instead, it was the books that I've read, podcasts, audio books that I've listened to, property courses that I've paid thousands of dollars for, and talking to people who are way ahead in life and humbly taking those lessons to apply it in my own life. We're in the information age and information is becoming more and more accessible. Nowadays, I value paying mentors and consultants a lot more than I did before because I've been able to acquire new skill sets that's allowing me to increase my hourly rate. So by paying somebody that is really good at that field, I'm able to find a shortcut and really find out what I need to focus on to get the maximum result as quickly as possible. So if you want a blueprint around how you can build a property portfolio or get maximum cash flow out of your portfolio, then check out the masterclass on our website, mhu.co.nz. There are some case studies in there and gives you sort of like a step-by-step guide on how you can maximize your position. And this is based on a lot of lessons that I've learned talking to hundreds and hundreds of property investors. So there you have it, folks. Those are the six personal finance lessons that really helped me along my journey. And until next time, I'll see you guys in the next video.